0: Trigger warning, the podcast you're about to listen to may contain sexual and violent acts committed against men, women, and children. If such acts offend you in any way, please do not listen any further. This podcast was made for an audience of 18 years and older and contains mature and explicit content. Also, this podcast may also contain a high level of profanity, and explicit language. If such things offend you in any way, shape, or form, please do not listen to the podcast any further. This is your last trigger warning. If anything that I mentioned above offends you, please do not listen. Thank you. Warning. The cases that I talk about here are under the assumption that the individuals that are accused allegedly committed these crimes unless they have been convicted in court for the, tri- for the crimes that they have been charged with. This is by no means me making any kind of accusations whatsoever. I am simply commenting on news articles and stories that have been shared with me through individuals who may or may not have experienced these said stories. This is not fact. This is purely my opinion unless they have been through court and they have been convicted please understand that moving forward thank you hey everybody this is Jeremy with the Man Apart Podcast episode 23 titled The Legacy of James so my granddaddy James and that's not the name he goes by. That's the name that he was given in life. But I figured it'd be fitting. Uh, wow. You know, there's a lot of great things I can say about my granddaddy. And a uh, very powerful man in the face of all the adversity that he ever endured in his life. Um, so let's just start from the beginning. My grandfather, James, was born to William and Louise. And you talk about when I hear the stories about these two individuals, his parents, complete and opposite, just polar opposites of each other in characteristics. My grandfather has said on many times he does not know what the hell my great-grandmother saw in his, in his daddy. And by listening to my, my grandpa talk about him, I don't know either. Now, unfortunately, I never got to meet my great-grandmother. I don't even know what my great-grandfather even looks like. Um, there's a lot of hatred that was behind that uh, as far as my grandpa was concerned. So let me explain where that hatred came from. So William, my great-granddaddy, was not a good man. He was a very evil and sadistic man, according to my grandfather. William was the kind of guy who was narcissistic, abusive, and just downright bitter about life. The main things I ever took away from what my grandfather told me about his father was that they lived somewhere in the mountains. I want to say in North Mississippi, South Tennessee, at one time, if, if I'm if I'm remembering this correctly, I, the location escapes me, but they were in a shack in the middle of nowhere, freezing, you know, starving, broke, poor, dirt fucking poor. When I say dirt poor, there's a reason why people say dirt. Dirt poor, they had dirt floors. That's how poor they were. My great granddaddy, at one point, went into town. And I guess it was a mining town, maybe, or I don't, I don't know what type of town it was. They went into. I don't want to say it was mining. But he went into town, looked for work, found some work. Right, he worked all week. End of the week, Friday. Got paid. And instead of bringing that money home to his wife and eight, yes, eight children. He decided to go and drink and whore and gamble his money away. That's what he would do. And he would do that Friday and Saturday night. Sunday morning, come home. Mad, pissed off at the world. And he would, yes, you betcha, take it out on his wife and kids, savagely beat my great-grandmother. And even more brutally, beat his own children, my grandfather included. You broke a plate, you got an ass whooping. And I don't mean just a regular hit with the belt, I mean you got fucking beat, Jack. All right? he took off the belt and used it as if it was a fucking just a, an actual whip like a bull whip and would just beat his kids with it punch his kids savage with them i want to say he didn't he didn't harm my aunt debbie a whole lot if i remember my grandpa talking about that correctly the girls didn't get the the abuse as much as the boys did so i know there was harold Jack, James, Debbie, Pearl, Dot, and I'm forgetting two other kids out of this mix. I think he had a brother that that died at an early age. Any other one, I don't know. Like I said, uh, been a long time since I've seen a lot of these individuals. And my uncle Harold, I know, is dead now. Um, the closest ones I was ever. The ones I was closest to the most out of his family, gotta say, would be uh, would be Aunt Pearl and Aunt Debbie. Aunt Debbie especially. I remember riding in the, her uh, squad car when she was a cop. I think she was married to a cop at one time, too. And uh, go to her house the most. But I loved Aunt Debbie. But anyway, my grandfather... Let's talk about him now. So that was a little bit of what William was like, right? His own father. An alcoholic, a gambler, whoremonger, you know, wife beater. Just an all around piece of shit. And I hope he's burning in hell. Fuck him. I just, I don't have no love for the man because he perpetuated violence and hatred and anger and rage. There's a reason why I'm not going to say my grandfather's last name, but it's called the, you know, last name curse, right? Whatever our last name is, whatever his last name is, it's called the curse. Um, And it portrays about our anger. And it has been, luckily it's been washed down from generation to generation um my own mother has it and I have it and I have a a little bit of a milder version than what he has and I would like to think that experience and time has kind of and learning and and healing has kind of washed that down a little bit it's still there it's never really fully went away but it's still there my grandmother my great grandmother i mean louise now this was a woman that my grandfather idolized my grandmother hit you know her daughter-in-law my grandpa's you know uh first wife this was somebody that my grandmother loved as well my great grandmother and my grandmother who were daughter-in-law and mother-in-law they were so close to each other that everybody thought that Bonnie was Louise's daughter that's how close people thought they were because they did everything together you know um they went out to town together they went shopping together they cooked together they went fishing together they spent time together my great grandmother from what my grandmother and what my grandfather and my mama has told me about about her was the sweetest old lady you would ever meet on this planet didn't have a mean bone in her body hell didn't even have a racist bone in her body loved all people of all ways of life and loved them because for one she just had a good heart and two um because that's what she believed that god told her to do on this earth was to love all people so she believed that fully with her heart I know some of you are not Christians who are listening and I know some of you don't you know subscribe to the Christian way of faith but this was who my great grandmother was and this was a culture that I grew up in as well. Um part of my love does come from this woman. So I got it from somewhere. <sighs> Choking up a little bit talking about her cuz I never got to really fully meet her like I like I was around when she when when I was born she was around but she died at such an early at, at an early age of my life that I don't remember her I don't I never saw her face or I don't remember seeing her face I don't remember being held by her um, nothing I don't remember anything of, you know grandma Louise mama Louise whatever you know I don't remember nothing of her but my granddaddy though does this was a hell of a woman too Eventually, you know, she made so many excuses for William. She tried to hide her marks. She tried to make the best of what she had. Being a a woman back in the 50s uh, was fucking hard. Um, You know, in the 40s and 50s, it was very hard. And having eight kids did not make it any easier but I will give this woman this though. When she did break away close to the to the late fifties, she broke away from William and took her and her kids and um went down to Hammond, Louisiana, where she had some family. I wanna say lived in Hammond or Tickfall or uh Natalbany or Albany or Independent no 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 not Albany. It had to be either Independence, Tickfall, Hammond, or Natalbany in that little area. Uh, It's all, all those little towns are really, are right there. And all, they all butt up next to each other. So it's, it's a condensed area. Hammond being the biggest city in Tangible Parish. And the other ones are just kind of like Independence is kind of, is between Amit and Hammond. And Tickfall is between Independence and Hammond. And uh, Natalbany is a mixture of like, Uh, Tickfall and Hammond, right there. So I mean, they all they all somewhere. There's some close relation to Hammond, Louisiana, right? Um, sorry, I just like giving out geography facts. Maybe that's just the truck driver in me. So she moves down that way, for what I remember, and she worked her ass off. She worked eighteen hours a day, three jobs, six days a week. Y'all, this woman, fucking worked, and she worked. And they were starving. There was never nights where. These kids didn't even have any food in their bellies. My grandpa remembers those times. So it's what made him work so damn hard. Sugar. Y'all sugar was a luxury to my granddaddy. He didn't he didn't grow up eating sweet cornbread. That's right. Some of y'all. Some of y'all's grandparents would probably tell y'all the same thing. They didn't have sugar, like, sugar was just a commodity that they couldn't afford. So it was a lot of unsweetened cornbread, you know, beans and rice, if you were lucky. Um, now, of course, food stamps was a thing back then, but it was only for black people back then in those days. So poor white people didn't get that. It was tough. My granddaddy would say he would, he would, fucking beg somebody for a damn government cheese sandwich he wouldn't give a damn something to eat so he had a very rough upbringing very poor upbringing Uh, you know back then nobody gave a shit about people's feelings they didn't give a shit about your economic status or how you grew up or what was going on in your life you were poor, you got made fun of for being poor I remember seeing a picture of my grandfather with his head down for his 8th grade graduation and I asked him. I said, "Why was your head down like that?" He goes, "Cause I was embarrassed. Because we were poor, and they let us know how poor we were. A lot of, a lot of that anger comes from that, that being ridiculed, right? So, how did my granddaddy grow up?" Well, when he started becoming of working age, just like his brother Harold, just like his brother Jack, just like Debbie and, and Dot and Pearl and all them other ones, they all started chipping in. And of course, Grandma you know, mama Wheezy, Grandma Louise, she uh, went from three jobs to two, then to one. And then uh, eventually when my grandfather uh, was making good money in the offshore industry, being a roughneck, he moved his mama in the house from what I remember. When I was told I don't know if she lived with anybody else's kids or whatnot but I know she lived with my with my grandpa and my grandma for a good couple of years for sure and um, they were blessed to have her in the house you know Grandma Louise would go to church all the time she loved going to church she loved Jesus she loved people that's who she was she cooked she cleaned she was a nurturer she loved her grandbabies. She loved people. Always had a smile on her face. Uh, 80-something years old and was, all, was dancing. You know, just, just a good woman. That was my great-grandmother. So, obviously mental health was not a thing back in them days. Especially for men. But one thing I will say about my grandfather... And I will say it proudly was that he instilled into me and any other young man around him in his life to never hit women and children, to never beat on women and children, I should say. He was about discipline, don't get me wrong. But he never hit his wife. My grandparents were married for 42 years. My grandma Bonnie and my grandpa James were married for 42 years, y'all. And I remember my grandmother telling me, that man never laid a hand on me. That man never hit me. She died when I was 22. She told me that multiple times over my life because we had some deep conversations. Was my grandfather perfect? Was he a saint? By no means whatsoever. However, what he faced in his life. Could have led him to be like his father. And he hated his father so much. He didn't want to be anything like him. Unfortunately, anger was something that carried with him, right? And not being able to deal with mental trauma. Alcoholism took a part of his life as well. And ate up his 20s and 30s. And he did have drinking problems. I want to say it was for dealing with the stresses of life. That drinking took away that stress. It made you feel good. And you wanted to escape the shitty feeling of life. Um, part of it probably could have been as well that... You know, he just wanted to give his old man the same treatment that he got. i tell you how much my grandfather hated his daddy for what he did and I'll give you some examples of of type of man William was more than what I've already told you now they buried him somewhere when he died and I think maybe 20 years later they were they were moving the church or moving the graveyards and everything and they dug up his body and moved him somewhere else my uncle Harold actually Went to my granddaddy and said, uh, well, hey, you know, they're moving daddy's bones. Uh, they moved his grave. You want to know where they uh, where they moved it to? So I can let, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the address so you can go see it if you want to. And my granddaddy looked dead in Uncle Harold's eyes and said, uh, the only reason I'd ever want to go see William's grave is just so I can go piss on it. Yeah, that's hatred. That's intense hatred. You hate somebody so much. They've been dead for so long. The only reason you want to go visit their grave is to go piss on it because that's how much you hate them. I don't blame my granddaddy, though, for, for saying those things and feeling those things. Does he feel them now? No, he actually got saved and got Jesus and he let a lot of that past go. I don't know if he dealt with it properly or not but I know he's let a lot of it go and he, does, and he regrets saying those things in front of me and telling me those things and whatnot. but I, I'm glad he did because me and him bonded over uh, over our fathers right I'm not going to go into about my daddy don't worry he didn't beat the shit out of me or anything like that it wasn't nothing that horrible um, it was emotional trauma that's for sure but nothing like on a physical scale Nothing where I was getting beat every fucking day with a belt for dropping a glass somewhere, or you know, just speaking out of turn, or being too loud, be running around being too loud, right? Or, or playing baseball with the black kids. Yes. This is this was the sign of the times back in those days, right in the fifties. They were poor. And the black kids around the neighborhood, they were poor too. and around the, Not neighborhood, area. Because they didn't have neighbors up close on top of each other where they lived at. When I say rural, rural. Like rural, okay? Very rural area. But the kids would go walk down the road. They'd find a field, play baseball. Well, they had enough kids for one team. And the black kids had enough for one team. And that's how they did it. They played baseball together. They didn't know racism until the adults taught them that shit think it was the sheriff's deputy or sheriff driving by, saw them playing together and picked up all them kids and, you know, picked up all my grandpa, you know, my grandpa's brothers and sisters and him and took them over to William. Told him that uh, he's playing with black kids and that shit ain't allowed where we're at. Yeah, that shit ain't allowed. I don't know if that was in Louisiana or Mississippi or not. I don't know. But, uh, I've heard this multiple times from multiple people who are older in my life. They didn't know racism until they moved to Louisiana. And these are people that lived in Mississippi and Alabama. Yeah. I didn't, I couldn't believe when I heard that. I couldn't believe I heard that myself. So, another thing about William. I think it was my Aunt Pearl. Married an Italian man. Out of Independence somewhere. This is how evil. William was. He. Did not go to his daughter's wedding. Because. He did not want to see his daughter. Marry an N word. Obviously I'm not going to say the word. But y'all know the word I'm talking about. With the hard R. That's what he thought of Italian people. And get this y'all. Independence Louisiana. Louisiana. An Italian town, right? An Italian-American town. Guess who was a fucking deputy in that town eventually? William. He fooled all those people. He fooled them. He hated them with every fiber in his being. Because back in those days, Italians were thought of as N-words. That's what they were called. That's what other people redneck white folk thought of them. Not all of them, but obviously enough to where they created a culture of it. Yeah. That was William for you. Certified grade A piece of shit. Um, don't know how a lot of other people felt in those times, but that's how he felt in that time. Doesn't justify it either way. And it's not... You know, I'm not cool with it either way, but still, just giving y'all a history lesson. So my grandfather was very much against being a piece of shit like this man. He wanted to teach his kids better in this world, and teach his grandkids better in this world. My grandfather was also, I want to highlight some great things about him. Because I've said a few bad things as far as some bad qualities, but it's not to dishonor him or anything. And he has turned his life around completely in his older age. And I love him for it. You know, me and him might not see out out eye on politics because he's hardcore Republican. And uh, I'm of that middle independent libertarian stance, but still, um, love my granddaddy. You know, there's a lot of things we do share in common, love is one of them joking around any of y'all have ever talked to me on the phone you know I love the joke you know I like to try to make people laugh I love doing that I saw my granddaddy do that all the time he would just come into a room and tell some jokes here and there and get people laughing you know just it, it, it was a good time with him um generous man was a generous man I can't tell y'all how many times I would see him, especially if it was a woman begging for money. He'd give that woman money, especially if she had kids in the back seat of the car, or kids with her. Oh, that'd break his fucking heart, y'all. He'd go and buy them some food, and then give her some money on top of it. You know, he—I mean, he—and he he was—he was—he made good money, so he was able, from a financial position of strength, be able to help you know people out especially around christmas time he couldn't stand to see you know these women with these babies you know these little kids in the back seat he, he one time my grandma said they was riding to galveston drop them off and he she was dropping them off to go do a job for like I think like a 2 or 3 month job or he was coming back from it or something i don't know something like that and uh they stopped somewhere in texas at a gas station and this woman was out there it was freezing cold I think it was snowing or some shit wherever they stopped at. It was one of them cold, cold winters we had in the south and uh, someone was begging for food, begging for gas money and the kids were hungry and everything like that. You know, this man sat there and gave this woman a full tank of gas, went up the st- went right next door or up the street or something like that to McDonald's, got them kids Happy Meals, got her something to eat and then gave her, I think, two or $300 on top of it. That was my granddaddy. You know, that was my granddaddy. He had a big heart. His biggest weakness, I think, was his anger. He did not like foolishness whatsoever. I mean, when I mean foolishness, I mean acting a fucking fool. And I acted a fucking fool quite a few times. So, um, he, you know, If you made costly mistakes, he'd flip out. I know that all too well because I've made costly mistakes. Uh, He just did not know how to talk to me or to my mama, I guess, and convey his emotions because he was not taught to convey his emotions. He was a man that was born in the mid-40s. Who grew up in a brutal time in the six, in the fifties and sixties, and he, you weren't taught to convey your emotions and speak your feelings and all this other, what they call shit back in the day. You were taught to weigh it, you know, buried all down deep, in, deep inside. Don't show any fucking emotion. Don't fucking cry. Don't let nobody see you cry, and. Man up and be a fucking man. You had to be tough. You had to be fearless. And you had to be a fucking monster. Meaning that you had to be somebody that other people were scared to jack around with. That was my granddaddy as well. And that does not go well in a parenting sense. Now he was young when I was born. My mom was 17 when I was born. My granddaddy was forty-two. My grandma was like thirty-seven. They didn't have any other children from my mama, so when I was born, grandson was born. This was their chance to raise a son as well. I'm the closest thing my granddaddy has to a son, besides my my uh, my, my stepdaddy. I'm the closest thing he's got to that. And, uh, despite all the anger and the hollering and cussing he's ever did all my life, he's taught me a lot of wonderful life lessons, too. You know, uh, he taught me how to do a handshake. Yeah. He always taught me to look a man in the eye. He, uh... Always told me to be fair and honest in my dealings with people, to always try to keep my word. He told me, no matter what you do, just do it well and be the best at it. He taught me sometimes it's better just to walk away when you're angry. <laughs> I know it's ironic, but. He did teach me that. But he also taught me how to swing a good right hook if I needed to. And to kick them square in the balls. gouge their eyes out. If I ever had to get into a fight. He bought me my first pair of cowboy boots with spurs. I remember them bitches. They were tight too, y'all. They were kick-ass. Oh, I thought I was hot shit with them boots on. Just like how that guy thinks he's hot shit revving that engine right now. Yeah, I thought I was hot shit. Them cowboy boots with spurs on. Ooh, I thought I was like Walker, Texas Ranger, baby. I thought I was Billy Badass, you know, Billy or Billy Jack Badass. Yeah, man. I you had fond memories of pretend or I guess. Pretending to work on my grandfather's truck when he was when he would come home, he had an old, I think, F one hundred, an old school F one hundred, I think, or F or an old old F one fifty, like a nineteen eighties F one fifty, or nineteen seventies F one fifty. Before he bought, I think it wasn't until like ninety eight, ninety nine, and then he bought like a Ford Lariat edition. But he had a little, um, yeah. I mean, he had this. They had this old. I remember it was brown and tan, ugly looking colored truck. But he was always working on that thing too when I was a little kid, and he bought me a little tool set, little little toy tool set, and he'd have me have me trying to twist, you know, twist off bolts I couldn't twist off, you know, I couldn't I couldn't take off like nuts and everything I couldn't undo with my little weak little hands. He'd just say, "Just try to try to take that off as best you can." And now I remember, I, he had me over the oil pan, the oil the oil the oil uh, bolt, you know. So if I would have gotten that off, oil would have just spilt all over me. But, you know, I never did. And I thought I was, you know, I was like, am I helping you, Papa? Am I helping you? Yeah, Booger Man. Yeah, you are. He called me Booger Man. Don't know why. Just, that's what he called me. Or Boo. Or, uh, you know, um, bo Siphus. Used to call me bo is a lot. I forget what that meant. I know it was off of a song somewhere, I think. But, um, yeah, I have a lot of. Memories riding the truck with him. Um, I don't mean my big rig, I mean just riding a pickup truck with him. Just listening to radio. <sighs> watching uh watching Westerns with him, John Wayne movies especially. Loved John Wayne movies, and I loved watching the old Sean Connery 007 movies. We loved the hell out of those. Um he introduced me to a lot of Good classic films, too. The Godfather, Planet of the Apes, Dr. Shivago. Just classical movies. And uh, he always tried to teach me some life lessons whenever he had a free moment to. One thing he always instilled in me was to defend people weaker than yourself. Stand up for what's right. Never hit, never beat on women and children. Be honest with a man, shake a man shake a man's hand and look him in the eye when you're doing so. And be polite until it's not time to be polite anymore. That was my grandfather. Help those who try to help themselves. He did a lot of that. He'd help people out. He got burnt out on so many times that he helped people in his life. But he always helps somebody, especially if they were trying to build their lives back up. Anybody that is listening that knows my granddaddy, y'all know that to be damn true. All of what I said ain't a lie. You know it to be truth. And I got people in my life that's known him since they was little. Tell me all the good things my granddaddy was. Yes. He ain't dead. He's still he's still around. I just want to let y'all know. I keep saying was. I mean, there's versions of him that have that have grown over time. You know, he evolved as well. Whether he realized it or not, he's an old man now. An older man. He ain't a weak man. He's just an old man. I love him. I think about him consistently daily almost wondering what he's doing how he's you know how he is and because life takes you a different path things happen and you get busy but I love my granddaddy my papa. he was my papa when I was a little kid you know what else they also taught me him and my grandma both him and Bonnie both taught me Drink coffee. used to drink coffee with them when I was little. I still drink it with them if if I'm around them. Uh, Community coffee. In case your listeners who are in different parts of the country, community coffee brand is a very popular brand here in Louisiana. Um, I don't know if it's popular in other states, but here in Louisiana, it is fucking popular. It is phenomenally good coffee as well. No, they did not pay me to say that. I, you will find it hard-pressed to convince somebody to break away from community. I promise you. You go to some some rural country house somewhere, chances are they're going to have that. Ain't no Folgers shit of Maxwell House in my house. It was community, between roast, medium roast. Medium roast, that's what it was. Medium roast. They loved medium roast. They used to pack their freezer full of fucking coffee. My grandma drank that shit up like crazy. She'd make two or three pots a day. I'm telling you, Jack, she did not play around with coffee. She had it she had her shit down to a science, y'all. It was three scoops. No more, no less. Three scoops in that damn filter and you fill it up, you know, to a certain line on the pot, and that's what you do. And you make the best cup of coffee with that. She would also have one cream and two sugars. Granddaddy would have two creams and three sugars. Sometimes he'd drink it black. He was just that kind of man, you know. Uh, I never liked drinking it black. I liked it like my grandma. I liked it sweet, you know. And uh, they used to have my own little coffee mug and everything. Yeah. My grandparents were good people. Great people. They still are. You know, I wish my grandmother was still here to this day, but... That's another story for another time, too. Yeah, y'all. I just, I just wanted to talk about my granddaddy. A lot of good memories. Wasn't a perfect man, you know. And I say all that because you don't have to be a perfect man, gentlemen, to raise your kids. You know. If you see what's going on with you, if you see what is you know, where your flaws are at, you can identify them then. Maybe, just maybe, you can change your ways and then change your kid's perspective. That's all I want for you fathers and grandfathers in this world. Hold your babies, hold them babies and grandbabies close, you know. They're going to remember all the things you do and say. Don't you? I remember a lot of things. I remember a lot of my ass I got from them being cussed out and hollered at, but I also remember every truck ride I had with them, every walk I ever went with them on, any time we went fishing together, you know, vacations we spent together on, all the jokes at all the restaurants and family outings we ever did. Every time we sat at the dinner table together, my grandfather sat at the head. My grandfather my grandmother sat on his left side and I sat on his right side. Because my side was closest to the door. My grandmother's side was closest to the wall. I don't remember this shit. You know, I like the fact I know my granddaddy does not like sweet cornbread. Because he'll say, Well, if I wanted a cake, I'd order a cake. Cause he grew up without sugar in his cornbread. It's just little things I remember. Some of y'all didn't get to experience that with y'all's granddaddies. And I'm sorry you didn't. I love mine. Still love mine. And he played a major part in who the man you're listening to today Because my granddaddy knew what to do. What was right. Despite all the wrong he's ever done. He knew the right things to do as well. And for that I love him. James will love you to death. I'm not going to say your real name on here. Because I never asked you. to do If I could do this story about you. But just know that I love you. And just know that. uh, I know you had a hard hard. Hard upbringing. And you turned out to be. A symbol of strength. And protection. I remember what grandma told me about. What she did. When that man shook me when I was a baby. I'll never forget that. I might not remember the event, but I remember, I remember Bonnie telling me, "Oh, all the times you protected me. You know, I get a little teary eyed right now because it could have been worse for me. Maybe it's survivor's Guild, I don't know. Yep. Trauma guilt. I, I don't know what you call the shit. I just. I do feel lucky. Because I had an absolute monster of a man. Who would protect me. And saw me as his son. And. Proud of me you know. <sighs> Fuck. <clears throat> I didn't think I was going to cry talking about my granddaddy, but I am. (laughs) Because that shit feels good, you know. It feels good to have a hero in your life. Say they're proud of you. Sorry, y'all. had to stop for a second that's what it feels like you know To it feels good to have your hero say they're proud of you and love you and say it's turned out to be a good man you know that's what he did he helped form part of my opinions and my psyche and my sense of justice and everything about me as a man as well it helped me Figure out questions in life. He might not have had all the best answers. I mean, hell, he didn't even have a high school education. But you talking about a man who made six figures at one point in his life, six figures a year without a high school education? That's fucking impressive in my eyes. I can't see, I can't see half of y'all making six figures with a, with a damn college degree that I know. So. You know, he he did really well for himself in this world. And helped a lot of people on the way. Whether they screwed him over or not, he helped. So that's the legacy of James. You know, he was a good man. And he, uh, overall... He left a good impression on my heart and my soul and in my life. And that's all you daddies and granddaddies can, can ask for, for you children and grandchildren. Leave an impression of good on them, and they'll remember it the rest of their days. They'll take it with them and, and put it into their children and their grandchildren. That's what I Love. Y'all, I think I'm going to save this bit. Uh, I'm going to wrap it up, I should say. And then the next part is going to be the announcements. But I just want to leave y'all with one thing before we go. Whatever you do, do it well. Hold your head up high. Be loved to one another. Be fair in your dealings. Keep fighting this fight. It takes real men and women out there to stand up for one of the right things in this world. I love y'all. Here's the announcements. All right, everybody, announcement time. So. I got some good news. I'm thinking this episode is going to be dropping on Apple and uh, Google Podcast. Because I figured out why they weren't uploading past my seventh episode. You know, you live and you learn and you try to create a little bit of a better quality product as you go along. When, whatever you doing on social media. Growing your platform, your audience. I was adding songs to the end of my episodes after episode seven. So all my... Solo episodes I did. Uh, if they had a song like "Revolution" by Bishop Briggs or GOMD by Sick Kick Music, it wouldn't upload and distribute to the other platforms. That's why my solo episodes didn't get uploaded. Now my interview episodes, on top of the music being attached to them, if I have an interview on this app. It's called a talk episode, and they do not allow talk episodes to be distributed to other platforms. So unfortunately, for anybody that's a Google or Apple podcast person, if they want to hear the interviews, and I guess this will be the exclusive content, you're going to have to go to Spotify. I'm hoping that you're listening on Apple and Google this episode, so that way I know it's reaching you all. So that way you can see there's a big gap between episode 7 and episode 22, right? Or episode from episode 8 to episode 22. You got a lot of content you're missing. Come over to uh to Spotify and, you know, check out what you've been missing all this time. I didn't know there were people just solely listening to to the Google and Apple podcasts, but uh thank you for listening. I will uh, say this as well. I have co-workers and former co-workers who are listening now as well. And I appreciate you drivers. Thank you so much. I'm very blessed that y'all are listening to the content, the attaboys, the, you know, like what you're doing. Really appreciate that. Thank y'all. To my other fans, that never thought I'd say to my fans, but to my fans out there, and they're really friends who are, who are fans, but I appreciate it nonetheless. Love you so damn much. Thank you for sending me stories. Thank you for tagging me in posts. Thank you for sending me stuff on Facebook. Thank you for messaging me and letting me know about other stories locally. I have not forgotten about them. I will tell you, there's going to be a, there's gonna be time soon I'm going to get through some more interviews, and then I'm going to go ham on all these local stories. One thing I want to do is wait for them to kind of develop before I decide to cover them all. Because whenever you initially cover something in the news that's just breaking out, there's not a lot of info. Like, there's a reason I haven't talked about Shantiri Weems. There's a reason why I haven't talked about uh, Reed Copeland. There's a reason why I haven't talked about some other episodes I've already done. Because I gotta wait on the damn trials to start, and trials take fucking forever. In case y'all don't know that, hell, there was a trial. Uh, I mean, hell, Denny Perkins was arrested three years ago, and his trial ain't starting until the beginning of next year. You know, conveniently after the all the elections for all the politicians and the sheriff's office and everything. Real weird how that how that is, but could just be a coincidence, you know. I don't know. Um, I'm not going to make any speculations because I'm still 50 50 on all, the, all of what's been going on. If you don't know what I'm talking about locally, there's been some issues, some drama, uh, conspiracy, if not possible theories, at, between Denny Perkins and our current sheriff. And I'm not going to go into it because I don't know what's truth and what's fiction. Um, as far as I know, you know, and as far as from half the people that tell me that know the sheriff that he's not ever involved in any of that stuff and the other half I had questions and they always seem to have a rebuttal or an answer to it and it, it's kinda like I uh, you know, either you're you're fighting a losing battle, why fight it in the first place if all the evidence is gone or, or you can't get it. You know, I so I don't know. Um I'm I'm it's not above anybody to have be part of a good old boy justice system either and that to be there to be some corruption going on i mean i've seen it from the previous parish i lived in so um that's about it really uh you know oh i want to say now i thing i do say in my episodes that is It's real, it's raw, it's live. I mean, it's real, raw, and uncut, and unscripted and everything like that. I did cut out some audio in my previous episode. And I had to, in terms of services. You know, this is 2022. There's certain words you cannot say on any platform you go on. Even if, you know, it's okay for a particular group of people to say that word. I am not taking a chance um, if they could take out you know Joe Ro- some of Joe Rogan's episodes um, who's the most biggest platform you know podcaster in the world then I know they could uh, easily take me all- out of here so um, I'm not bringing in any advertising dollars apparently um, and I knew that from the get-go starting out with this podcast that I wasn't going to make advertising dollars because advertisers are scared of anti pedophilia rape case uh podcast, right? They do not want to cover that subject matter because of how uncomfortable it makes people. I think that's shitty because you have people who are standing up fighting against it, but I get it and I'm not in it for the money. If I was, I'd probably be selling my you know, feet pick feet picks on OnlyFans, so don't worry if you see some crusty looking, uh, hobbit looking man feet. Well, maybe you can question if it's me or not. But I promise you, I'm not on OnlyFans. So, oh man, y'all, um, that was a kind of an emotional episode I did about my grandfather, and I, it's been on my heart for a while. Actually, I've been wanting to talk about it, but I love my granddaddy. If anything else in this world, um. Just a great man, kick ass man, in my opinion, and a real man that he knew how to fix shit. He can go fishing, you know, he knew how to shoot, knew how to fight, knew how to drink, knew how to tell stories and was funny. And push came to shove, he'd die for the ones he loved. So that's my granddaddy in a nutshell. You know, I'm not going to play that stupid joke where it's like, no, this is, no, this is your granddaddy in a nutshell. Like Austin Powers. I'm not doing that. But yeah, y'all, I just, um, I'm thankful for the podcast. I'm thankful for the TikTok channel that's growing. If you're not on my TikTok, why the hell not? It's uh, a Man Apart podcast or a Man Apart j Dog. You can look it up, either those two terms, and you'll see the cover art is my profile picture on there. And I've already got well over probably 30 or 40 videos on there now since I've had to rebuild. Because, let's face it, pedophiles hate anti-pedophile content. Gee, and a lot of uh, tech companies who are watching your content are also have pedophiles in them, unfortunately. We just don't know who they are, and they don't like your content as well either. So you have to be. They can't, but they just can't blatantly flag you for no reason. Huh? <laughs> said no one ever. No. Um. Started getting a few flags on my old account, so then I just I said, you know what? I need to. I was using my old account anyway for my my podcast at this point and other creative. not I say creative content, for uh, for for, in the anti pedophile world, but uh, I learned to get. Better with the languaging, you know, or the language of it and how I worded everything. The wording, yeah, there you go. See, I got that good old tangible parish education just going to work with all my vocabulary, right? So, uh, yeah, I uh did that start re- rebuilding my podcast, and I'm almost to a thousand followers. Almost if I can get over to a thousand, well, hot diggy dog, I can get on some lives and help some people out. So, yeah. That's it. Um, That's what I got to offer y'all. And of course, go on Facebook. Man Apart Podcast. Free to join. I do not have my content locked up behind a paywall. The only thing that's exclusive, if you want to say exclusive content, is going to be my interviews. Uh, And the other episodes didn't get uploaded to Apple and Google Podcasts. So if you want to go hear the rest of that content, which I think you ought to... Uh, there's going to be some interviews that are just going to shake you, make you cry, and make you a little happy that there's good people in the world fighting this problem as well and fighting other problems. I'm trying to get some different perspectives coming onto the podcast. Uh, there's a few therapists that I want to get on uh, the podcast as well There's other subjects as well when it comes to children. So while I mainly cover about pedophilia and and rape and, and sexual assault and things of that sort of nature. Uh, there's domestic violence. There's starvation in kids, which I covered with Monty Moms. There are behavioral issues, which there's a, a gentleman that I'm going to have hopefully in the near future. And uh, there's also uh, healing from those traumas. And there's counselors for all that. And I'm hoping to, I gotta I now got to go work with a publicist and get a schedule figured out for a, a very nice sweet lady I met on TikTok who has such a wonderful soul. I mean, just a healer spirit. Next week's topics I'm going to be covering is going to be who are the bowmen, healers, and wolves in this world. I want to say next week's, but you know, next episode's. I'm sorry. Uh, I got too much of a podcast niche to wait a week to do another podcast, so maybe in a few days. Maybe tomorrow. I don't know. Depends on how uh, what tickles my fancy and what time I have to play with. Like I said, y'all, I have a job. I have a business with my wife. And now I do a podcast. And I'm trying to work out with my wife. Tonight I went out on workout number two. And it went good. And then I said, you know, my wife didn't want to join because she was tired. And I get it. You worked all day long. Last thing you want to do is go hit the gym. But I went ahead and said, well, shit, what do you want for dinner? I'll go get it for you, and then I'll go to the gym, and then I'm going to go do an episode after after I get done with the gym. And that's what I did. So if I sound a little amped up, that's why. Holy shit, 12 minutes already I've been talking about announcements. That is too much time for announcements, y'all. So y'all get a little taste of what's in my life going on. Next episode, I think it's going to be on, and I say I think, and I could be wrong, and please go. Hey, why don't you talk about the bone men, the healers, and the wolves? We want to know about that. What, what the hell you mean? Just know that I'm a bone man through and through, baby. If you want to know what that means, you gotta to listen to the next episode, huh? Ooh, gotcha. I know, but I will say this: um, <sighs> wonderful people. I mean, on TikTok. Wonderful individuals and expands all different race, religion, creed, sexuality, any aspect of life at all. You know, the fight against pedophiles just, just is so far and far reaching and covers so many different backgrounds. So blessed to see so many individuals who care about this fight and they just want a direction to go into, well, damn it, you can go on the healer side of things, you can go into the cult of Chippy, you can go into, and if y'all don't know what the cult of Chippy is, I'm going to talk to some of these individuals and see if they want to uh, come on here and talk about their lord and savior, Chippy, stay tuned, All right, I know, I know, ooh, so many topics to talk about, y'all, and, uh, Hopefully, some more survivor stories and helps these good people heal. Sometimes we always can't be about crying and 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 and, uh, and anger and everything. Sometimes you got to have a few happy moments in between. So I want to try to give alleviate the, the the podcast just a little bit, you know, and have good people talk about good things as well. Uh, I still haven't got back in touch with Will, uh, aka Billy Badass. I'm gonna get in touch with him hopefully sometime soon. And do his part two for his story. So if y'all have been waiting for that, I'm sorry. I'm actually very curious to hear the part two of his story, if not a part three to it. And yes, I know, um, with Sabrina's story, it is very long. I get it, y'all. I get that it is over, is and a half hours long. I, that was way too long. Than I expected and anticipated. And I just let this sweet lady keep going. And if I I think it would have probably been a four or five hour episode if I let her keep going. But I had things to do. I was under time constraints. But uh, I love hearing Sabrina talk as well. She has such a bubbly personality and outgoing demeanor. Um, just a wonderful friend to talk to on the phone. And just like the rest of the TTI people as well. Uh, Miss Barb. Uh, Miss Susie. Tammy. Lacey, David Keck, you know, John Ferry, his wife, uh, oh shit, I know her, I know her TikTok is this aliasitian, I think it's Kara or Tara, John, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to forget your wife's name, buddy, And and Kara Tara, oh God, this is going to eat me up. Kara. It's Kara. It is Kara. Okay, good. I'm sorry. I'm so because we haven't spoken on the phone yet. That's why I don't know you have your name to heart, right? And you got Will, uh, which I think Will was in the TTI. I mean, it was kind of close. It's CPS trauma for sure and, and, and jail trauma, but uh, I'm not trying to compare people's trauma traumas and be like, oh, this one's more proper. No, I'm not doing all that. But just so many wonderful people out of the TTI, right? And I'm missing about fifteen others and I'm so sorry. I I'm I'm tired, my brain ain't working. So that's it, y'all. I I keep saying that's it and it's never it, right? God what a rambling fucking jackass I am sometimes. But uh man, I love all y'all. Y'all bring a smile to my face because y'all are some wonderful people. You know, you survivors are some truly Truly wonderful people, and I fucking love y'all. Every single one of you. I Bottom of my heart, love you. Wish I could soak up y'all's pain, but I'm glad to call y'all. I'm, I'm glad to be called y'all's friend. That's for damn sure, and I'm glad to have y'all's friends. And I know I got to try to keep up with all y'all better. I don't, and I'm sorry for that. I love you. If you don't hear back from me, if any of you survivors that I've talked to or spoken to or interviewed or anything like that, you don't hear from me after a while. You need to fucking call me, too. Hey, your fingers ain't broke. You can dial at number two. Okay. Call me. And chances are, especially during the day, I'll have the time to talk to you because I got Bluetooth. It's a wonderful device. I love it. Anyway, be safe, my friends. My listeners. I love y'all. Thank y'all for the support. By the way, please, if you have not yet, give the show a rating. Please spread the word of mouth. Share the show on your Facebooks, on your social medias. Share it, share it, share it. Tell your mama, your daddy, and your grandma, and, and your auntie, and, and your uncles, and your, and your nephews, and your cousins. Tell them all about the show. See who's going to like it. Throw that line out there. Say, hey, I got into this podcast. Do it for me, please. This will help spread the podcast. It will help spread the message. It will help inspire somebody else. Because guess what? I was inspired by Woody Overton from Real Life Real Crime. And his podcast, in the direction that I wanted to go in, was inspired because of his podcast, y'all. All right? Love Woody, love his wife Cindy, love Jim Chapman. Jim Chapman gave me the podcast an itch, so please, you might be inspiring the next person who can lead this revolution a lot better than I can, who's better organized, Who's, who's more charismatic. Please do it. You never know what seed you're planting in somebody's soul, so that's why I say do it. Cause I ain't making no money off this shit. I promise you, I got two dollars and eighty six cents in my in my anchor account. That ain't shit, y'all. Um, they won't even they won't even let me draw it out. That's the funny part. I have to make ten bucks to draw it out. My wife laughs at me every time because I'm like, "Ooh, look what I got! Look what I got now! Look what I got now!" And she's like, "That's it? We'll draw it out. Go buy you a drink." I'm like, "I can't." She's like, "Why?" I can't wait till ten bucks and then they take some of it off the top, I think. She started laughing and cocking her head back. Ha ah, ah, ha ah, ah, ha. Ah. I said, Yeah, I know. But yeah, I'm not in this for the money. Uh I'm in this to help people. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed the announcement section. I got a little bit more, you know, a little bit more happier with doing announcements because I'm not talking about all that stuff. I love y'all. I just that's all I can say. I just love y'all, man. I fucking love all y'all. Appreciate it. Keep up doing what y'all doing, and keep listening. And we're gonna grow. All right. Well, I love you. Protect all children, even if they're not your own. And be safe in this world. Bye.